0: Good morning. Good morning. Our reading today is a poem from Robert Frost called The Road Not Taken. When it comes to the environment and our impact on it, the choices we make now will have great consequences to the state of our earth down the road. We are at a fork in the road today, it appears. Which path will we choose? The one that leads to a healthy planet teeming with diversity? or one that leads to the demise of our world and a disdain for the wonder of diversity. In the end, the road we choose will make all the difference in determining which of those two versions come true. Let's just hope, choose wisely, and let's give thanks for people that are working hard to save the beautiful world and the diversity that makes it so special and holy. The poem, two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and he one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other as just as far, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy, it wanted wear, though as for that passing there, had warned them really about the, st- the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere, ages and ages hence, two roads diverged into a wood, and I, I took the one last traveled by, and that has made all the difference.
1: I know which path I want to take. It's the one that hopefully we, as a church, will to well our choosing to take as well, but can inspire others to come along. Uh, so when we look back at the road we took, one day we know this is the right road, for the environment and for our world. I want to invite Anna Jane up to introduce uh, James, our speaker.
0: Good morning, I'm Anna Jane. This is my first time up here, this is a different perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And y'all look beautiful. And uh, so for the last couple of years, I've gotten involved in uh, the local Sierra Club. And uh, so through that, I had uh, met um, James Scott, our speaker today, and uh, he heads up the Florida chapter of the Sierra Club, so the entire state. And uh, he's here to talk to us today about uh, environmental justice. All right. Oh, and I forgot, and afterwards, after the service, we'll do our usual talk back and we can come and ask questions. Right,
2: thank you. Good morning, friends. How are you? Uh, am I correct? I have half an hour?
1: <laughs> you got as much time as you want.
2: Okay, I'm going to set a timer. Um, so. Uh, i didn't want to script myself uh i figured that uh, y'all would get the most out of this if i was as as candid as i could be so uh when i'm trying to uh do something like this by the way i've never done something quite like like this before um but i uh so i'm going to be kind of a a freewheeling flow here um and the way that i kind of sketched out uh this morning uh when i'm trying to simplify something complicated uh, a tool that i use is uh who what where why how when you know these some some the, the point. So I'm going to kind of flow uh, with that, uh, beginning with the who. Uh, so my name is James Scott. I was born and raised in uh, Daytona Beach. Uh, I moved to St. Petersburg in 2008 to attend University of South Florida, St. Petersburg uh, to study environmental science and policy. Uh, I got really involved, uh, became student president, uh, Got uh, helped create the Office of Sustainability, uh, the the climate action plan for the university, uh, a lot of the, uh, the, the programming and infrastructure you see at USF St. Pete, that was kind of my, my, my playground uh, in my early 20s uh, where I learned a lot of the practices uh, around sustainability. Um, now I am the chair of the Florida chapter of the Sierra Club. Uh, it's a volunteer role. Um, we represent, I represent uh, 32,000 members in the state. Uh, we have a staff of nearly 20. Uh, we have 17 groups across the state, including the Suncoast group, which is where I got started. Um, I was—I've been on the Suncoast Executive Committee locally for uh, since 2017, uh, where I've served as chair and kind of worked my way up. Um, and I'm really proud uh, to lead an environmental organization, uh, you know, like, like ours. Uh, we are the largest grassroots environmental organization in the United States. Uh, the uh, When you look at the uh, trying to shut down coal plants, um, uh, fight for environmental protections, uh, you know, the Sierra Club is, is always at the, the front of, the, of that fight. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's an honor and it's a, it's a real responsibility. Um, you know, Florida, we are the future. And when you look at the future of the United States, uh, this is what America is going to look like is the state of Florida. And where Florida is right now, the Florida that that the world sees, that is not the Florida that that I know and love, uh, that I hope you know and love. Um, uh, I do believe this is an aberration uh, and that this is not who we are. Um, So that's the who, uh, the what. Uh, We are in the midst of a climate crisis. Uh, The destruction of our environment, the exploitation of natural resources, uh, the changing of the weather, um, the interruption of food supplies, uh, water, uh, energy, these are things that uh, our um, future generations are going to look back and say, what did they do? What were they thinking? Um, I'm not sure uh, exactly how we got here, but we're here. I'm here today to t- t- kind of tell a story. And, and we need to tell a story. What is the story uh, of, of America, of Florida, uh, of our community? Uh, that story, past, present, and future. I think right now there's a, a crisis of hope. And, uh, and, it's, and I get it. Uh, I, I see folks every day that are just, uh, like, you know, don't under, just don't see where we're going. Uh, you know, our, our America... That I that I understand, uh, you know, we're a forward-thinking, ambitious, spunky group of people, uh, and 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 we're we, are, we are in a rut, and we need to. And I think that a lot of the fight over our history, um, is, and, and the fight over what we're who we are today, uh, you know, we need to, we need to have a, a America needs a story. It needs needs to remind ourselves of what our story is and rewrite it. Uh, there are folks out there who are trying to write the story of America's past, present, and future, and, uh, and that is not, and the story they're writing is not the story that that, that reflects our values. Um, and, and so we have to be uh, creative and ambitious uh, in how we think about how we got here and where we're going and where we are. Um, so that's the, that's one of the what's. The other what here, environmental justice, that's why I'm here today. Uh, What is environmental justice? So you had a traditional environmental movement. Uh, It really started with the protection of wild places, national parks, preserves. Uh, Conceptually, for a lot of folks, that meant uh, there's the land and there's people. And if you wanna preserve the land and the environment, you gotta get the people off it. Uh, That has deep roots in racism and colonialism. The understanding that people and the land are separate, we are not. The environmental movement was really successful, the Clean Water Act, the Clean Air Act, the establishment of the national park system, uh, the wild places that, were, that we do have today that are protected, uh, you know, those are hard fought wins of the environmental movement. Uh, and then alongside that movement, if you, if you want to look at the progressive umbrella, you had the environmental folks. And then you had the social justice folks, the folks that were fighting for voting rights and civil rights and democracy, uh, living up to who we, as a country, have always uh, believed ourselves to be. But there was always a a divide in those movements. Uh, A lot of it was about race, a lot of it's about class, um, and and we don't have to kind of hash out exactly why all that is and how we got here, but in this moment, Uh, the realization, the concept, the word, the phrase environmental justice is a recognition that these things are not separate. Uh, The the forces that would exploit the environment are the same forces that would exploit people. Uh, These two movements, the environmental movement and the social justice movement, uh, being separate uh, has undermined all of us. So the, 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 the phrase environmental justice is a recognition that we need to to join uh, and and build a bigger tent uh, and to understand that the environment and people are one. Uh, And for a lot of folks in the environmental movement, uh, you know, this this issue is is something that I fight harder on in my role as the chair of the board than anybody. And and I get a lot of pushback. Uh, Why are we, we're here to fight for the the water, um, for clean energy, uh for to protect the panthers and the bears and the wildlife and yes that is our mission as sierra club our our mission is to explore enjoy and protect the earth but we can't do that in isolation uh, from people and so the 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 practice of environmental justice the theory and the practice is a real recognition that we are stronger together and that joining forces uh, is so, so. Environmental justice is fundamentally about the combination uh, of these of these two movements. So that's that's part of the what. So the so where here in Florida, I don't know if a lot of folks know this, but our uh, our springs, our system of springs, freshwater springs, is the largest in the world. Uh, for, uh, the the uh, the Everglades. Um, are a uh, are global gem of biodiversity. Uh, we have a really special place that we call home and we have been paving paradise for decades. The, the, the home that we love, a lot of us are here, like so I'm a second generation Floridian, but everybody that came here, came here because we love the nature, right? Like this, this is that we live in paradise. Uh, we, are, we are messing that up. Uh, we, are, we are taking that away from future generations. And so I think that uh, if there's anything that can unite us in these divisive times as Floridians is that we love our land. We love our wildlife. We love our water. And, and so we really need to be thinking about what brings us together in this moment. And, and loving our state uh, is, is, is a good first step. Uh, also, uh, in terms of where, when we think about environmental justice, we think about frontline communities. Uh, quick raise of hands, who's heard of that phrase, frontline community? Okay. That, when you look at pollution, and you look at um, historically underrepresented people and communities, they intersect. The The places where folks get asthma and cancer because of pollution, or the folks where people get flooded the most, these are what we call frontline communities. And so as we're trying to build a, a bigger movement, understanding that the places where the environment is under the greatest assault, also just so happens to be where uh, where folks, um, and, 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 and and historically, this means black and brown folks Uh, Folks without means, folks who were redlined into certain neighborhoods along industrial corridors or into flood zones. Um, These frontline communities are the places where we build alliances. Uh, And so when we think about, when you imagine the map of Florida in your mind, from a Sierra Club perspective, we want to imagine where are the most beautiful places we want to protect in our state, and then where are the places where the environment's being harmed the most, And where do people overlap with that Uh, human health and environmental health go hand in hand so frontline communities that is where uh, the opportunity lies to build a bigger movement so why Um, so the environmental harm and human harm how they kind of line up uh, it's about life Uh, there is a there are folks out there who have a disregard for life and ironically those are folks who consider themselves pro-life? <laughs> what about the people that are here, the, the, the kids that are here now? Um, you know, uh, there are. Um, I think there's a there's a callousness uh, and and greed that have um, that have I think detached some folks from. Uh, they're 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 having compassion and empathy for both the environment and for people. Uh, why why environmental justice? Uh, because we're stronger together. Uh, as a as as I'm guessing I can say this as progressives, uh, we're stronger together. Uh, there are uh, parts of our culture and our politics and our media that have divided us. Those have been in large part deliberately orchestrated we have got to come together and, and overcome those divisions and a lot of times it means flipping to a different news chip, news station the the story of where we are now you know this is a moment in history of destruction uh, of the environment of our natural resources of people um, you know i i don't want to emphasize the negative part of the climate crisis but there are our what's ahead is really daunting. Uh, The the changing of the weather, the interruption of food and energy supplies, uh, access to fresh water, a lot of the global instability that we see are people who uh, haven't gotten rain in 20 years or 10 years, and so they're going to war. Uh, And so when we think about uh, this moment of destruction, uh, we have to be able to have the imagination to think about what would the, what comes after? And, and what should come after destruction is a regeneration, a rebirth. Uh, we have to have the, the hope and the imagination to imagine that. And I think that's what a lot of people don't have right now. That's something that's lacking in our politics, our leaders who can really put out a vision for where we're going. What is the story of the future? There's a lack of that. Uh, and, that and that starts on the grassroots level. Those of us on the ground uh, you know, there's there's folks on high who I think have have lost touch uh, with with um, what it means to be a strong community, and so the, the telling of a new story is going to start on the community level. We're not going we're not going to find it on national news. We're not going to find it in national politics. Ultimately, those things will reflect uh, a hopeful future, but it starts with us. So, how uh, how do we Manifest these values. Uh, What does it mean? to uh, to live environmental justice Uh, There's a lot of in the Sierra Club uh, We're a bureaucracy. We're an organization. We have a lot of members and a lot of leaders and a lot and we have the national all the way down to the local and There's been a lot of work going into training uh, And and building the knowledge so things like gender pronouns uh, figuring out how to get that right um, definitions like equity, inclusion, diversity, and justice. Basic terms, what do those mean? Uh, it's okay that a lot of us don't know what those words mean. And this, this journey to build a bigger tent, to build a bigger movement, it starts with those things, but I would argue that we're getting caught up on those things. Uh, the whole, you know, woke. Florida's where woke goes to die. Um, get out of here. Uh, you know, the, 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 the challenge of this, this, this discourse is that it's easy for us to be, to be turned on each other. And I know the Sierra Club, you know, we're an older, wider, more educated organization. And there are folks that are like, well, don't ram these words down my throat. I don't, I don't want to, like, like, you know, I, am like, I don't want to um, be made to feel like I'm part of the problem. A lot of folks feel that. Don't feel that. Don't feel that. Uh, so there's the the talk the words, the the ideas, the, the theory if you will and then there's a practice so there's a lot of talk about justice and equity and inclusion and diversity and that talk is really important but I would argue that my understanding of the progressive movement is that we have there's been a lot of talk but talk is cheap Uh, where's the walk walk the talk please and and so for folks and that that I lead uh, my point is hey we're gonna talk about these things we're gonna learn the words we're gonna learn the ideas what is does justice really mean what does equity mean versus equality Um, why does inclusion matter but at some point folks say well what are we doing about this what's what's the point and that and that practice uh, is where the rubber meets the road. Um, I don't want to just get up here today and talk about the ideas. The ideas are very, very important. I think that I'm here with an audience that kind of gets uh, the, 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 the idea, right? Um, and before I dive in, I, I do want to just touch on some of these words. Um, you know, equity is acknowledgment. That some people have less resources than others. So when we approach government policy, things like education and healthcare access, uh, some folks start from a, from a point from a disadvantaged point. Some folks don't want to acknowledge that. Uh, I don't get it. Um, it's the politics of division. Uh, but but we have to recognize, and that's when we talk about frontline communities, the folks that are fighting to feed their families and to breathe clean air. Uh, you know, there we have to, when we as we're redirecting our thoughts and our resources, um, we have to acknowledge that some folks are starting from a different point than others. And let's not be divisive about it because folks are dividing us based on that. Uh, inclusion, uh, creating welcoming space. This is a very welcoming space. A lot of organizations and movements, um, businesses, nonprofits, uh, they're not very inclusive. If you see a board, Uh, You know, I came onto the Sierra Club board, uh, and it's all white folks. That's okay. Nobody is looking to to cast any stones at that. But we lead the state of Florida. We should reflect the state. Our our leadership should look like our state. If we want to represent the communities that we serve, then we need to uh, think about who in our organization has power. How are we going to become a more inclusive organization when everybody looks the same? Um, that's hard work. How do you, and, and a lot of uh, you know, big corporations and organizations are you know, checking the diversity boxes. That's not how you do it. You create a space uh, where, where folks feel welcome and supported and where they belong. Uh, that's how you start. Uh, and I think a lot of the, the progressive movement has really focused on checking boxes and diversity for, for optical sake, for how it looks. Um, inclusion is about really creating spaces that all people want to be part of. Um, and that's hard. It shouldn't be, but it is. Uh, so the practice. Um, so again, oh, I'm, I'm gonna do a couple more things. So diversity, you know, uh, just remember that is a, um, a lot of folks still think that that's, that is one uh, element of this journey is that when you're a diverse organization or, or community, um, you become a diverse community because you're inclusive first. You're, it's so kind of you know uh, like the chicken and the egg. Uh, how do you um, become a people, an organization, a movement that reflects your community? Um, just simply focusing on people's different identities, whether it's race, class, gender, sexual orientation, a big pro- part of how the anti-woke forces are succeeding is that they have turned us on each other because we ha- we're trying to, to, to identify our varying identities that make us different, make us special, that make that that, that make us uh, a tapestry in America. What, what you know that 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 uh, diversity. Um, Some folks have used that to turn us on each other. And so the gays versus the straights uh, and the whites versus the blacks. Uh, That is um, a slippery slope that we've just been pushed onto and we need to get up and get back on top of the hill and say no. Uh, The the, the things that divide us are that really should be the things that unite us. Our differences are what make us stronger. And Instead, a lot of folks have been turned on each other and made made to be either villains or victims We've got to get past that And I'll say as a as a white guy, you know, it very often starts with white guys. It's like hey, it's okay to be different Uh, I don't feel attacked Uh, You're not like we're nobody here's being attacked Uh, And so again, the the division around this work We've got to get past that and it's hard. I'm not sure how to do it yet Uh, but but the discourse, that's part of why I kind of wanted a free will up here today, uh, was to kind of engage with this as a discourse. We have to think about this whole body of work as a big conversation, like a family meeting. And, and, and it's supposed to be hard. There will be some tears. Um, but we're going to be stronger for it. So to kind of uh, go back to the, the, the how, the practice, uh, a big part of that, the Sierra Club perspective, is showing up. Uh, You know, I, uh, part of my journey was I led uh, a campaign back in 2016, how I got involved in the Sierra Club, was I was hired uh, to run a campaign called Ready for 100. Uh, And St. Pete was the first city in the southeast U.S. to commit to transitioning its energy to 100% clean power. Uh, I was um, uh, hired to do that work and, and, and led a successful campaign based on my work at USF. Uh, and, and at the end of that, I had a friend after a, the end of the year and we had a big successful thing and I was leaving the city c- council chamber and, a, and an old college friend stopped me and she said, hey, you see your club folks and, she, and, and, and Chardonnay Singleton's her name. She's a local organizer uh, and she's a black woman. And she said, well, what about Child's Park? And I said, what do you mean, what about Child's Park? And she said, well, there's a neighborhood, right, you know, five minutes away, uh, predominantly black neighborhood that... Uh, has an air quality problem. There are people that have had for decades um, air pollution. These people have asthma. There's times today where they have to go inside because the smell uh, gets so bad. And she said, what about that? And I was like, well, I didn't know about that. And it kind of, there's moments sometimes when your bubble gets popped, uh, where you realize that you're in a bubble. And that was was the moment for me. Uh, And I've spent uh, the last several years advocating on that issue uh, we actually just got some money from the state. Uh, it was actually more of a bandaid on a bullet wound, but uh, the fact is that now you have leaders in the Sierra Club and leaders in City Hall who never even saw Child's Park. Child's Park felt unseen because they weren't seen. And and part of the power of the Sierra Club is our ability to, uh, to leverage our privilege and our influence uh, to bring light to frontline communities. Child's Park in District 7, St. Pete, is a frontline community. Uh, they, those folks were, those, the, the, that black community was redlined along a, a, the old railroad tracks along their homes are right next to industrial sites. That was done on purpose. And, and the city did that through zoning uh, and, and, uh, and other means of government. And so it's on the city and on the community to fix that. And so that for me was a big aha moment Um, And the relationships that we built on that issue uh, then led to other uh, relationships that led to other things like our community benefits agreement ordinance that we adopted about a year or so ago. Um, And that means that any big project that the city does where the city's kind of putting skin in the game, now there's requirements around the green buildings and affordable housing and walkability and green spaces. Uh, And that was a Sierra Club in lockstep with our leaders of color in the, in the city of St. Pete. And we got that ordinance passed because our um, our traditional environmental uh, council members, our traditional allies who never would have thought about District 7 or Child's Park, uh, who typically uh, ally uh, with, with the environmentalists, but also developers. Uh, we got their votes uh, when they probably wouldn't have voted for it. So we, we, we made something happen that was tangible for a frontline community because we leveraged our power. We twisted arms uh, to make that happen. And that's how the practice starts. You start to show up in parts of the community where you're typically not showing up. You build relationships that maybe you wouldn't have had if you weren't thinking about these things. And you actually put skin in the game. This is about building coalitions. The environmental movement uh, is, does not have the numbers or the power to fight the forces that be to protect our, our environment is, is 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 uh on a backslide in the state of florida let's not let's not kid ourselves we're not winning we're not winning the the, the war to protect our environment and the same goes for for for, for people uh, the folks that struggle to feed their families and to breathe clean air and to afford their their their, their living um we need to join forces uh, and that goes back to the whole point of, of environmental justice. Uh, the environmental folks and the social justice folks, the folks that fight for democracy and the folks that fight for clean air and clean water, joining forces. Uh, that what that is going to manifest as is a, is a political coalition. And I'm not sure, you know, I don't want to go down the slippery slope of politics here. But ultimately, it's about people and it's about power. And right now, the folks that have power. <coughs> Are abusing it and turning us against each other those of us of goodwill are the majority the majority of people are good people I do believe that but we've been divided and and folks have done that folks have orchestrated that and we've got to be smarter than that and and so by by uniting uh, and building coalitions so faith groups uh, universities youth uh, and even in the Sierra Club context joining forces with fishermen uh, to protect clean water and to fight back against the preemption of fertilizer ordinances uh, There we have to have the imagination of how we fit into a, a bigger tent and a, and a more diverse tapestry Because ultimately we needed to have as, as As the grassroots people of our state we should be the ones that have power Over our laws and our investments in education and health care and infrastructure right now the folks that have that power have that power in spite of us. And so it's on us to build those coalitions. The real change is, 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 is a lot of that in the state of Florida. A lot of it happens in our city halls, in our county commissions, our school boards, and ultimately up in Tallahassee. And, and for us to be able to, uh, to fight for our right to be in those spaces and to be heard and to affect the outcomes, uh, that's hard work, but it starts with and, and again my journey uh making relationships with leaders in the black community working on child's park and leveraging the sierra club's resources to get it in the paper and to get it on the agenda um it's it's uh, and it should be fun you know meeting new people who don't share your background uh building relationships with folks that 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 10 years ago you never would have thought that you would have even been in their community let alone being their friend uh, it's it's powerful uh, it makes it makes us all better people and it ultimately serves the bigger purpose of uniting us uh, in solidarity uh, to fight for, for our values because our values aren't under attack so um, to kind of Conclude here. I got. Let's see. I see a minute and 11 seconds. I'm. I'm, I'm doing well here. Um, we have to build a future that our future generations are going to be proud of. Because right now we are we are we're blowing it. Uh, and, and and I know that folks like us in this room, it can feel like we have no power to affect that outcome. Uh, I get it. I feel that sense of powerlessness. Uh, but 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 history. History's rife with stories of authoritarian, um, uh, divisive figures who use the same old tropes to turn us against each other that ultimately serves the powers that be. But also, history's got stories of moments, inflection points, people come together and galvanize and, 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 and do something that, that, that history might not have expected. We have to have the hope uh, to, that that'll happen and and have the imagination of how we're going to be part of that. I believe that that's going to happen. Uh, Florida is going to be a very different state. I think it's going to take us personally this decade uh, to to, to turn the ship around. By the end of this decade, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be hard work. The work I'm talking about doesn't happen overnight. I've been working on environmental justice since 2016 when I heard about Child's Park. And now I lead the largest environmental organization in the state and and I have lots of levers to pull and staff at my disposal. I still don't know exactly how to, how to make this happen. But, but if we have a, 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 um, an approach that is inspiring to us and how we live our daily lives now, but also thinks about how it's gonna uh, culminate in the years to come, we have to imagine the day when the powers that be in the state of Florida are our people. That will happen. We have to have that imagination and the hope. Also, hope is not enough because talk is cheap. So we have to also put ourselves out there, show up, uh, make those relationships, uh, put skin in the game. Uh, if, there's, if there's issues, and I think you all really reflect this, you know, there's um, there's a lot of hard work to be done, and and we have to, to lock arms with folks uh, that maybe years ago we wouldn't have even thought of walking arms with uh, a lot of folks share our values the majority of people in our state and our country are good people but we have to find them we have to join forces with them and those of us with privilege have to leverage that privilege and uh, building that that trust and building those relationships so uh, so think about the story of our state of our community of our country uh, it's gotta be realistic, because things are really bad, but it's also gotta be hopeful. And, and it's also gotta be tangible. Uh, I, I am s- so weary of, of progressives who talk like, oh, I drive an electric vehicle and I recycle, uh, and I only eat meat on Wednesdays. Yeah. I drive a truck, okay, I'm not, I'm not trying to crack on anybody that <laughs> does those things, but, uh, but the, the, the true work is, is, is more personal than that. Uh, a lot of it is, I think the phrase is virtue signaling. Um, a lot of us, uh, you know, being a progressive, a lot of it's about the optics. It's about looking like you're doing the right thing. Actually doing the right thing means where do you show up? Where do you spend your time? Who are your friends? Who are you building alliances with? Uh, that is an actual change in how we live. Uh, we, we can't talk our way out of this. We're gonna have to change how we live, uh, how we build, uh, how we plan, um, how we leverage resources—it's uh, not uh, enough to say the right things anymore. It's about really rethinking how how we how do we show up in the world. So, uh, final thought—you uh, know—it's two words I have here: is leadership and solidarity. Um, Solidarity—I just—I I think I gave a pretty good argument for why we need to embrace being in solidarity with our neighbors in a more innovative way, in a more inclusive way, and why we need that. And those of us that have the opportunity to lead, whether it's in your, in your place of worship, or it's in your organization, or city hall, uh, we need leadership right now. Uh, the The opportunity that I have to speak here today, uh, this is... This is how I'm showing up in this space. This is how uh, th- the values that I have and the knowledge that I have, I now have the responsibility to, to, to evangelize for this work. So if you're in a position where you can lead, where you have privilege or power or influence, uh, you know, spread the word. Uh, and, and again, and it's not just the word, it's, it's the actions. Um, who, are, who are you allying with? If, who are you hiring? Who are you you embracing to lead? Who are you lifting up? Who are you uh, building alliances with? Um, It's not enough uh, just to be a nice progressive anymore. It feels good, uh, but it's not substantive. Uh, Where's the beef? (laughs) So on that note, I know we're gonna have, uh, I think a little bit of Q and A uh, or some sort of a conversation aspect to this, because I, I, I definitely do better in that sort of environment. Um, this is like a, the first type of uh, thing I've done like this before. So I hope that was uh, was useful. I appreciate your interest in the topic, and thank you for inviting me.
1: James, thank you, that was really inspiring. Uh, It gave us hope, because so often there's just, there isn't a lot of hope out there. You know, everybody wants us to be divided and living in despair and cowering in our beds and pulling the covers over our heads and afraid to get out there and and address the issues. And then when we do, you know, it's all about bathrooms and gender pronouns and (laughs) banned books and, oh God, we can't read Anne Frank's diary anymore. Are you kidding me? I mean it's just these these issues which are important to us to fight back against are what are taking up our energy right now and I always say you know without without the environmental the environmental movement is the most important justice social justice movement justice movement there is because without an environment there are no other justice movements at all because we're not here no one's here to move to 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 get a justice movement going or to fight for justice so you know this is really important work Uh, So I thank you, James, for all of your your leadership with us today, I look forward to the the Q&A afterwards, and uh, yeah, you got a lot of friends here, so um, let's see Faith UCC, maybe this will come out in the Q&A afterwards, where we want to go with this, where do we want to take our environmental work, you know, uh, what do we want to see here, and how can we partner with other organizations, it's not just about here, it's about who we're in relationship with to build the power necessary to make change, and We can start inspiring faith communities you know the ucc is doing a good job let's partner with our national our our statewide national ucc but bring other congregations in because of all places faith communities should be places that care about the beauty of you know this this creative uh, ethos that we live in there's so many it's called the fingerprint of god so you know, let's uh, let's partner up and let's get, maybe who wants to see some solar panels here, huh? We get a hand around if it's on solar panels? Oh, yeah. And we got some initiatives to work on. So uh, we can be a model uh, to inspire other faith communities, and there are others doing that so we can learn from them and to pick up their mantle. So James, thank you. It's been a delight to have you with us. And please do stick around. Go get some hospitality. Come on in here. And we'll circle up some chairs. We'll have a moment of Q&A with James afterwards. So thank you. Let's let our choir inspire us now.